As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where top performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Pavaza, will be your guide on this journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from the best in the business. Welcome to another episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate. I'm your host, Lindsay Favaza, and today we have a real treat for you. I am joined by the phenomenal Genevieve Botello of Lamaki Realty, a leader in the industry who has been closing deals since 2003. Genevieve's vast experience spans from buying, rehabbing, and flipping homes to mentoring new agents, making her a well-rounded expert in her field. She's not just a top producer, but a dedicated professional who finds joy in helping her clients find their dream homes and making the process as smooth as possible for them. Having lived in various parts of the world, she brings a unique global perspective to her work as well, which I'm excited to talk more about. So without further ado, Genevieve, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me. Quite the introduction. I know, right? All those things. That's awesome. (laughs) You are all those things and way more, which everyone's going to find out here in a second. So why don't you start us at the beginning and share your story about what you were doing prior to real estate and how you got into the field in the first place? Okay. All right. That's going a ways back. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up overseas. My parents were missionaries. I was born in India, lived in Egypt, Greece, Mexico, London, kind of all over the world till I was 14 when my parents moved back to the States, lived in Florida. And then I moved up to Massachusetts in 97. Um, I went to college because I was homeschooled my whole life too, besides college. So yeah. College was my first experience of school, went to college, was working, bartending, um, and waitressing throughout my college years to try to make ends meet. And then- Weren't you like um, Red Red Bull girl or something yes, too at that point? Yes, So that after I graduated college, uh, the my bar manager was now like a dis, uh, manager for a distribution company, and they were, inc- they were including Red Bull onto their- um, different products that they were selling at convenience stores. So he's like, do you want to be a Red Bull girl? And I was like, what, what is this? Long and short of it, it wasn't like this fun little classy Red Bull girl. I was driving a big van, carrying cases of Red Bull, trying to open accounts in no man's land that nobody had heard of Red Bull. So it was, it was an interesting um, start to quote unquote, my sales career. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I'm trying to think of how I exactly I got into real estate. I think I've just always loved, you know, real estate and houses and people. And, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to get in and I'm just going to show a house and I'm going to make lots of money. And it's going to be just like selling Sunset. Yes, exactly. It's all just going to magically. Waiting for my calling call on that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, totally. Um, So I got my license in 2003 and uh, started with Keller Williams and was overwhelmed. Um, Primarily, they had a little bit of training, but they kind of threw you to the wolves and you were, you know, out there representing people in the biggest asset decision of their life. I mean, as far as like buying something and I really kind of had no clue what I was doing. Um, So 
Michelle, who actually brought me onto Lamakia, her and I started with Keller Williams. We'd bounce stuff off each other. And I learned through kind of trial and error and not the best way to learn for dealing with people's biggest assets, but um, that's kind of how I learned. Did that for a while. Um, and then I went and worked for a builder um, that was doing a new new development out in Belchertown. And they were building, they were planning on building these you know million dollar houses on this golf course. Long and short of it, working that for a while, it kind of never came to fruition. I believe they ran out of money. So didn't I stayed with them. I did my own business while doing the new construction. And then it was with them for about a year and a half. And then I went and worked for Remax for a few years. And when I went to work for Remax, I started getting into flipping houses. And I found a huge joy in that. Um, I kind of just kept my license so I could buy the properties. Yeah. The properties myself and get the commission on both sides. So uh, my brother was a contractor. I would Perfect. walk into it. worked out well. Like I have a very large family, 16 brothers and sisters. So got to have a contractor and a realtor in there. 16. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You so, got one of everything in that family. I mean, really, you would think <laughs> we don't have a doctor or a lawyer. I mean, what are we doing Darn. wrong over here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, so started getting into that side of it. Loved it. Would do a few homes a year um, and really, really enjoyed it. But then the market kind of crashed, as we all know, in 2008, 9, 10. It, you know, kind of was not a flipping world. You know, things like plummeted. Um, So after that, I'm trying to think. Oh, my daughters were pretty young at that time. That was around 2008. My daughters were born in 2006 and 2004. So they were young at the time. Um, I stayed with them for a while and then I started working, trying to think of which way it was. I started working for Makosi Management, which was dealing with a lot of rentals. They had an in-house mm. kind of um, mm-hmm. setup where there was, you know, they owned like 800 units and they had in-house leasing agents and stuff like that. Yep. So did that because I had the real estate background. Um, so was doing that for... I don't know, two years, something like that. And then I went to work for a distribution company selling wines. Long and short of it, in 2014. So you you flirted with real estate for a long time. You kind yeah. of, you had your license, but you were kind of like not quite a realtor. You were like doing all the things around it for a while. It, yes, exactly. Well, I kind of, I was like full-time realtor at Keller Williams. And then Mm. with JCJ, I kind of had built my own business. So I would have to go on the site like two days a week. But then I was working my own business as sphere and stuff like that. And then after that, I got into the flipping side. So then I kind of got out of that. I would refer business out or do a deal here or there for friends and family. But I really got into buying and selling real estate myself. Um, But I had been out of real estate from like, 2009 to 2014, um, essentially. I, I even think I had let my license lapse because I remember referring business to a realtor um, that I was friends with. So when Michelle reached out to me, I had just switched out of um, doing working for <laughs> Makosi Management and doing distribution. And somebody had reached out about doing direct sales for um, salons and stuff like that, which I thought would be a great fit for me. Anyway, long and short of it, that didn't work out. And I was actually collecting unemployment when Michelle reached out and she was like, Jen, we're looking for somebody in the Worcester area. There's no office, you know, 
Lamakia McGill and Lamakia at the time, and Anthony was just buying uh, John out at the time. And I was like, I'm not getting back into real estate. I've been out for five years. I got to restart from scratch. Like, oh my God, I, you know, I, yeah. I didn't really enjoy it that much originally besides the buying and selling myself. Um, and I just was like, oh no. And then she's like, just meet with Anthony, just meet with him. And I'm like, just do it. He's like, it's different. It's different. It's not like the Keller Williams remaxes of, you yeah. Know, Cause you world. had been in a couple of big box places. So it was mm-hmm. a different, you had like this thing set in your head as to what it was going to be like. Exactly. And the, and the, the way things were structured and it, it's way different than even Lamakia is now. It was very close to yeah. it, like, they paid for a lot of like, not to get into detail of like what was different, but just his vision was different. And then also how they operated um, the business was different as well. So I went and met with him and just remember thinking this guy's a little crazy, but fun. A little crazy, but in a good way. He brought up like wise. I still remember when he was introducing me to somebody else to do like, to talk about I guess the back end of stuff. He's like, she has email on her phone. And I was like, why he was, that was a big question. He asked me, do you have email on your phone? And I'm like, yes. He goes, so when you pull it, like it was a big thing. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is so strange, but kind of cool. And at the time I was like, I have it on my phone, but I never really check it. Little did I know it was going to be, it's probably why he asked me. Checking it all the time. All the time. Yes. Um, (laughs) knowing how busy I was going to be with them. So, um, Ended up leaving and saying, I'm going to think about it for a day or two. And then just saying, yeah, I like it. I'm going to join. Let's do this. Um, and, and you never looked back. I mean, you I you took off kind of running at that point. You were getting training. You were like, you know, having the support of Michelle, who was already, you know, well into the machine of Lamaki Realty. So yeah. she was doing really well. And you guys were two of the first agents out there in the Worcester market for us. And you guys just like really helped to grow that, that area. So tell me what it was like back then, not having an office for a little while and also not having, um, you know, feeling like you were venturing into a new market that like even the company hadn't been at as far as branding and all that stuff goes, was that difficult for you guys? Or was it like, no, it's not a big deal because home sell online now, or like, what was your thought back then? So my thought was, even when I worked for like the bigger companies, I didn't really go into the office that much because I didn't feel like, I don't know, I just felt awkward going in there. Yeah. So when even when I would meet with clients back in the day, I would meet at a coffee shop or do things differently or go to their home, especially on the listing side and stuff like that. So to me, not having an office locally was that big of a deal. Um yeah. It didn't, you know, we went in once a week for training in Waltham and they gave us the support we needed to um, start building the Worcester market. And there was a lot of just um, leads and stuff getting sent to us because we were the only two for, you know, first year and a half there. And it was just her and I, we knew what each other were doing at all times, what, what deals we had, what was coming. So, you know, when buyers would call in, it was it worked out really well. Um, and yeah. I think it helped that we knew each other from before too. And we had worked together, knew how each other worked and stuff like that. But she was great with handholding. Like I had to relearn how to write an offer. Like I couldn't yeah. remember anything. I, maybe I'd blocked it out, but it was like, <laughs> how do I do this again? So it was kind of a crash course into, you know, relearning or learning the business. It, things change obviously yeah. every few years anyway. So 
it was important for me to continue to go to the training that they had. Um, and um, yeah, and as far as like the brand awareness, I always had like a thing that I feel like you're really selling. I mean, not selling, but they're going to hire you because of you and, and Who what you are. Yeah. Exactly. I really think it's a personal um, business. And if they can relate to you or you build that rapport and they feel comfortable and trust you, they're hiring you. And then, yes, obviously all the support and now going on listing appointments, it's a hundred percent easier because they know it it's easy plus all the things we've been added into our marketing and stuff like that since since day one but um yeah it, it wasn't i didn't feel like it was that daunting to try to open up plus i'd worked in worcester before so it wasn't like i was new company new agent to the area it was like i had you know, people that knew me and, and I knew the market well. So it was just kind of adding the LaMakia brand awareness to it. So take me back to those days. Other than, you know, you're saying that the branding, the marketing, that kind of thing wasn't like a huge deal. And then it was just kind of getting back into it. And you were, you know, you're starting to now get more comfortable again and feel more confident. What was something that you were struggling with, though, back then? Um, was it like making calls? Was it like trying to get your sphere in action? Like what were some of those early day struggles that you were having if yeah. now things were kind of coming together in some of the other places that you didn't have it before, you know? Yeah, yeah. I always, and I, that's actually something that was interesting. Anthony, when I met with him, was like, what do you prefer, buyers or sellers? And I was like, buyers, because sellers, and he was like, what? You know, thought it was so strange. Why? And I'm like, I don't know, because I just worked better with buyers because sellers were very daunting to me at the time. So yeah. um, I was struggling with getting comfortable with going on listing appointments, dealing with sellers, stuff like that. But with Michelle there, I went on a few with her to begin with, mm. and then it kind of catapulted into... And then you're like, sellers. I want yes. sellers. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hello, sellers. Where have you been all my life? Like, yes, yes. And buyers, I love you too. But I'm just saying, for yeah. quality of life and having a certain schedule and being able to kind of plan, sellers work well with that. But I'm Plus, then with you get buyers. So, I mean, it just yes, is exactly. easier. So we, it, yeah, exactly. One hand goes with the other. Um so I think, you know, learning the listing side also just getting, yeah, reaching out to sphere the call. I've never been good with cold calling or doing that's never been my style. And they really kind of, they didn't push it, but they were like giving us leads and they expected us to do the call a certain way because, yeah. you know, they're paying money for these leads and they want to see a conversion. Um, so mindset in doing the calls and knowing they are better off working with me than somebody else per se. I'm going to do the best I can do a good job for them. And I think having the confidence going into the call, I like that. I get, I, I get so like upset, like somebody hangs up on me, it ruins my day. And I'm like, well, you know, just really thinking back, like, You're why, like, why like, do they hate me so much? I know. I'm like, this is not <laughs> bothering them. Like, hello, hello. Like, you know, so learning that and being confident, I think was like my biggest challenge and, yeah. um, you know, joining and starting up the business again. I love that. So um, let's take a break from these kind of questions. And okay. let me ask you kind of a funny one, mm -hmm. but tell me one of your craziest stories that you've had as far as your real estate career. Think back as to like oh, the God. one that at a dinner party, you'd be telling people like, this is how crazy my life gets as a realtor. What so is that I story? Do have, 
I have a funny story, and I in Worcester, there's a lot of three family triple deckers, um, yeah. and I have some horror stories. But this one, I it, you, at first I was horrified, and then I look back and I die <laughs> laughing. Um, it was a Saturday morning, and I had set up um, an appointment to show a three family, and um, they were. I was told it was going to be vacant and stuff like that, and that the tenants weren't going to be there. So I go in, I start showing, I start hearing noises upstairs, and I'm like, hello, hello, thinking, like, what is going on, right? So go in, and I'm still hearing noises, <laughs> and I, I open one of the doors, and I don't even know if I should be saying this. No, like, go ahead. It's fine. Like Darth Vader, sex, sort of whatever thing was going on, full costume. And this is Saturday morning. And I go, oh, no. Oh, Saturday like, morning. Saturday morning. And I don't know if it would carry in from the night before or what was going on. But he like peeked over the curtain. And I was like, whoops, this is so, yes, yes. And I have walked in on a few people do it like doing things like other things. But this was the biggest because they were like in full costume. I only saw the guy. I don't know if he was by himself, but I was shooting somebody else there. But it was like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Let's hope he wasn't by himself because that just gets even more weird. Yeah. So we did not finish the showing. We left the house. Your clients must have been like, oh, my God. They were. I think they were like newer clients, too. I'm assuming they didn't buy the house. They did not. (laughs) (laughs) They did not. But I think like that's. One of the craziest. I know. I love hearing these stories because everyone has one that's like so different, but that one's, uh, that one's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) So tell me, um, you know, fast forward, you had a run. I mean, you still have a run. I mean, you're doing great this year, but I'm just saying you, you've, you know, scaled your business to a level from 2015 till, you know, these last few years of like doing very consistently a high level of sales. What do you attribute that high level of sales to? What is it that you've been doing? Is it a marketing tactic? Is it a, you know, what are those things that you've done to get to that point? A few things in this. So in 2018, I, I had a good first few years. And then in 2018, middle of the year, I was struggling. Um, I was a single mom, like, well, I had, you know, a father, but he like I had to support them um, and myself. So, and I did have a degree and I I remember reaching out to Anthony and being like, I don't know what's going on. I don't think this business is for me. I'm going to need to like use my degree and get a real job. He's like, what are you even talking about? We're going out to lunch. And he's like, I'm going to start mentoring you and you're going to have to like do everything I say but I promise you, you know, you're, you're going to do much better and you, yeah. you could make president's club this year. And it was July. I think I had 12 deals like between closed and under. And I'm like, you're not, what are you smoking? No way. There's no way in hell. And, um, his main goal was that I need to set up, I think three to five appointments, have them set up for the following week. Um, you know, and then other little tasks in between, um, and if I didn't have that appointment, like I had to make it before a Friday or Saturday call. Um, and I used to go into this, like when I would have like five or six deals under, I would just focus, hyper-focus on them and get them to the closing table. And then I'd be like, oh my God, I have nothing under. And then I would do this roller coaster row. And he said I would go into closing mode. So every time I had, I never stopped um, um prospecting and looking for yeah. business and reaching out it, no matter how busy I got with closings. Um, I had to always continue to 
put time and effort into a future business. So, um, you know, that really changed a lot of things. And I ended up making President's Club plus two that year, which was just crazy miracle. And then since then, I've I've hit President's Club, I think, three times and then back to President's Club. But I've always been within that 35 to 55 range um, of houses. And this year, I'm like way down. And this year is a huge struggle for me. Um, so Yeah, I'm but you'll bounce back. You always seem to bounce back. That's the thing. I know that there's been a few years where like this point in the year, you've been a little <laughs> bit more behind. And then all of a sudden, it's like you are crushing. So, yeah, I mean, you'll yeah. get there. I just realized that there's a training coming into this room. So I'm going to ask you one final question and then yes. we will be done for today. Okay. Um, I wanted to just ask what advice you have for agents out there who are maybe been in the business for a few years, who would like to see that level of consistency in their business. What kind sure. of advice would you give to them? So I would give like Lamaki Realty advice because we have all the, you know, the paid on assistance, like all the, all the backend support that we get. So, and I can't obviously relate it just to Lamaki agents to say, you know, utilize all that we have. But in general, I would say, don't go into closing mode, always be prospecting, always, always be selling, but in a night, like don't get in people's faces. I'm a very soft don't sell kind of person. Yeah. I'm not. A heart, like you need. What can I? You need a sign right here, and it's probably I've lost a few deals, maybe because of it. But I feel like I get referral business and a lot of business because of how I work and operate and and um, mindset. You're gonna have a few bad days. Just know that if you keep at it and keep consistent, you're going to end up doing like amazing things. I wish I could have taken that little clip because I feel like there's times that that advice would have been given right back to you. Yeah, because you've sure. had moments where you're like, I'm not doing well and oh, it's going to be a rough year. You even year said constantly. it a few minutes ago, but you yeah. know, you got to keep that mindset. You got to stay positive and you got to keep just grinding and doing what you need to you do, do so that you don't lose that business later on or, yeah. you know, end up in that. Easy. Like, I think no. people keep thinking it's easy and it's not, but you're, once you put the hard work in, the returns are so much worse, uh, worth, not worse, <laughs> so much worth the effort of doing that. So I love it. Well, Genevieve, thank you. I know we thank had you. a few blips with scheduling and now this, so I apologize, but we are good to go. I am so hey. glad I got the chance to chat with you today. I think our thank audience Genevieve. is going to love to hear from her. And if you have yeah. any questions for Genevieve, her links are, oh, I always screw this up. Her links are right here. So, <laughs> so Where? make sure to follow, like, and feel free to send her a message because she's an open book. So yes. I love it. Thank you so much, Genevieve. Thank I'm you. so happy we got a chance to do this and we'll Thank see you, you all on the next episode of the agents who crush it in real estate podcast. Thanks everybody. Thanks, As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the agents who crush it in real estate podcast where top performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Favaza, will be your guide on this journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from the best in the business.